You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? Yeah! From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the XOXO After Dark cast. I'm Abby, here with Kate and Lauren. Hello. Hello. We are very excited today because we are brushing up on our Shakespeare. We decided to talk about Shakespeare not only because he's awesome and should be talked about, but because our special guest today is Glenn Dixon, author of Juliet's Answers. It's this mem- It's a memoir that reads like a novel, and he basically went to go become one of the secretaries to Juliet and write letters, answers back to people who write love letters to Juliet or lovelorn letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he will tell us more about that in a much more graceful way than I seem to be doing. Before we get to that, of course, I always need to plug our lovely site, xoxoafterdark.com. At the moment we're recording, uh, we have some fun roundups up, and we are gearing up for, of course, all sorts of good stuff for Valentine's Day. Because if XOXO stands for anything, it stands for Valentine's. So we will have a sweeps coming up where you can win a bunch of terrific romances. We created some Tinder profiles for some of our favorite book boyfriends. So Those you are can really imagine. funny. They oh are my God, funny. I love that. Those are coming up. We've made little Valentines uh, that you can uh, share with people and send to them via like Facebook and Twitter and whatnot uh, that feature some of our great covers um, and uh, much, much more. So make sure you're checking out XO regularly for and Bachelor Bachelorette recaps. Yes, and Bachel- Bachelor Bachelor right bachelor now. Recaps. Yes, that's right, and Bachelor recaps. I don't watch the show, but I think the recaps are funny. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, every Tuesday they go up. We try and keep it timely. So. Uh, come and see if they finally got rid of Corinne. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's crazy. She's awful. Uh, So anyway, uh, a little... uh, Not quite Shakespeare. Yes, less than Shakespeare. From the ridiculous to the sublime. Uh, So were you guys... I mean, we all learned it in school. Was Shakespeare a chore for you guys? Or did you love it? Was it... Did you connect with it? Do you connect with it? I liked it. Play by play, I liked it a lot. I agree with play by play. Um, I didn't love when we learned about the sonnets. Well, I just don't love the sonnets. I, I barely remember the sonnets. Yeah, I was never much of a poetry they, girl. They always taught them to us at the same time, and I'm not much of a, a poetry appreciator no. either. Who, who um, is? But I do find that I like contemporary poetry or modern poetry. I can kind of t- touch in on that. I love Mary Oliver. But they taught us Shakespearean sonnets in school, so I was kind of like, this sucks. Um, but I like The Tempest. I like mm, The Tempest. One. I love Lear. Lear oh. is my favorite. Uh, and then in s- college, so I read it in high school along with Romeo and Juliet and I think one other one. We had to read a different tragedy every year mm-hmm. as you went through high school. Oh, all four years? Yeah, That's so it was Hamlet, Othello, Lear, and Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like you worked your way up to Lear because mm-hmm. that was the most complex. complex. Oh, I love I recently, I saw that at Shakespeare in the Park with... Um, oh. What's his name? He's a good actor. He's from Third Rock from the Sun, but he's... John like, Lithgow? Yes, John Lithgow. Oh, I oh, Lear. Yes, John be amazing, is, He was amazing. Um, he's really he was. I own. think, classically trained. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Clearly. And um, I took this amazing class in college called Shakespeare... In love? No, Shakespeare something. But it was all... We read Shakespearean plays, but we also read texts, plays, or novels that were adaptations mm-hmm. of Shakespearean 
stories. So uh, some were really interesting plays by mid-century black playwrights. Some, one was... Um, Ten Things I Hate About You? One We didn't actually do Ten Things I Hate About You, but I <laughs> think... Is that really did. such a thing? Yeah. That's, it's, that's a retelling you, of Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew. Oh, I know that. I just meant... I saw the movie. Yeah, I, I just no. There wasn't it, a wasn't, it wasn't a play. No, no, no. no I was. That's why I was like, no, it no. was. No, that was not an adaptation. I think I did an extra credit on it. Like, <laughs> oh, on. it was like Heath Ledger's first movie. Of course, I've seen a it. Great movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I loved it. I just rewatched it. But I loved uh, Jane Smiley, Jane Hamilton, Jane Smiley, uh, Thousand Hamil- Acres. Yes, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Ham- that's um, Lear. That's right? Lear, but, yes. and it is Smiley. so good. Oh my Jane god, Smiley. I have that at home. I've never read it. Oh, Lauren, you have to read. No joke, you have to read it. I actually I, haven't read that one either. Oh I've read my gosh! All, I've read all her horse books, oh, which are amazing. No, this one's really good. I've never read another of hers. I didn't stick with her as a as an author, but it blew my mind and I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. Mama, uh, did I read Mama Day? No, Tar Baby of the. Uh, oh, we read yeah. The Tempest and Tar Baby by Toni Morrison. I actually which read, isn't a direct. I don't think I no. knew that was. I didn't either. It isn't a direct, but what we did was compare and contrast them in um. very interesting ways. The Tale of Edgar Sawtell. Oh, came boy. out. Oh, can I just tell you? I read that. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I was on vacation because that's when I usually read. Mm-hmm. And I was in Mexico, and all the ocean is like crashing, and Rick's snoring next to me. And I was up at like three in the morning because I had to find out what yeah. happened, even though it's a retelling of right, Hamlet. So you knew, yeah. And I knew. And let's just put it this way: it was. A shit show that killed all the dogs. So don't read it. Yeah, no. All I, re- all I remember is that the dogs well, died, and just I like Hamlet. will never. Yeah. I mean. No, it was a mess, and I and threw it across f- the room. And I don't in. know why I was like surprised, but you're in it to win it, yeah. and it was terrible. I'm not into retellings of Shakespeare at all. Mm, and I think it can be done well. Yeah. Read Jane Smiley, mm. and then we can talk all because right. that's what because I read Sawtell, and I was like, wah, wah. so is the. The I Tempest like is your favorite? No, what do you have a favorite? Uh, you know, I just as you're doing this, I'm like, oh, I read The Tempest. I remember Midsummer Night's Dream. I remember I Taming of the Shrew. I remember Hamlet. I don't think I've read King Lear, which is why. Oh, it's so good. I don't know Lear that well. I mean, I'm sure I did. I did in Juliet in high school, but I took one in college, and I still have my college book because it's bright yellow, mm-hmm. and it's all Shakespeare. Is this a Riverside Shakespeare? Oh, and you know who <laughs> I really right. liked? Um, the Hunchback. Richard the Third. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I never I read just, any of that. Oh my God, Richard the Third. I think I've Richard seen the that play a lot, but I haven't read it a lot. My favorite, a horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. So it, it, I really liked it. it. I think it's really interesting. He was really smart, and the end of the play is like the hunchback and he's getting killed in the middle I of the battlefield. I've not it's read great. it. It's really good. The Ian McKellen performance which i think is it was in london it, oh it toured i saw him in oh, um, i saw him in, in san francisco years oh. and years ago and it was Ian doing McKellen, it was doing richard the third as hitler mm. basically it was amazing it's kind of like that it's kind of like that maybe we should revisit it it could be a play for our times <laughs> before it's before like like shakespeare himself we have to flee across the river to do theater <laughs> please don't say it my, <laughs> my favorite is twelfth night <laughs> Oh, I, I didn't see that coming. It, that is my very favorite. That's an um, elegant one. It's one of the silly ones. It is a little bit silly, and um, I love it from the beginning where she washes up on shore and asks someone, what place is this? And he's like, this is Illyria, lady. Yeah, and, that is true. And I saw that as, at Shakespeare in the Park, and they did a kind of really cool open set, but they built a big wooden 
wave mm-hmm. and to enter at the beginning of each act the had to get wet people no there wasn't wet because it was wood yeah. mm-hmm. they slid down it on little carpet squares as they were <laughs> as though they were being washed ashore and I it was delightful I love it that's so fun and it had some terrific people in it but I love that one and I even though Midsummer Night's Dream is not my particular fave as a mm-hmm. play I have special fondness for it because um, I played the little fairies for Oberon who was my <laughs> beloved husband oh I love this oh my he god was, you and Gordon were in this play we were in this play together shut up he was oh, he was, oh my um, god it just gets better just and gets better it better and better <laughs> whenever she talks about it he was he played he, they double casted so he was Oberon for the fairies and yes. he was I cannot remember the Theseus mm-hmm. and I was like his page and when he was King Theseus and I, I was one of the fairies I, I can't I can't it's, it's freaking adorable it's I know. so adorable I know it's are weird. there pictures or, of that or I might vomit it's uh, one of the I don't know because we lived in the era before digital so oh. probably not I think we need to ask your mom oh uh, yeah Gordon's I'm calling mom. Gordon's yeah. mom yeah yeah actually yeah there, that's pretty there cute. might be some somewhere it was pretty I know Abby's mom doesn't have one <laughs> <laughs> there might be something in the attic we'll see dad was was a picture taker <laughs> but yes but 12th night is one of my faves the only time slighted. i ever acted in one um was in a junior theater thing when i was i don't know 10 um and we did pyramus and thisbe the play within a play from right. midsummer oh yeah, yeah and yeah, so yeah, that yeah, was yeah, silly yeah, yeah. And here's my fun. wall and yes here's my, and here's yes. the hole and yes. some, i yes. shall kiss the wall i don't remember yes. what it said but it was dumb and i hated it and that's Aww. why i didn't go into the theater <laughs> i don't like iambic pentameter so <laughs> pentameter whatever it is i was just explaining iambic pentameter to someone i don't remember who it was i don't like See, it shakespeare lives in all of us all he the does, time he does he does and I you actually, know you know, good is the Julie Taymor Titus. Oh, I yes. love Titus Andronicus. Julie Taymor, who did The Lion King, so her stuff is always no, 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 very no, no. theatrical. I'm, I'm going Titus back Andronicus. To Titus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Anthony Hopkins, and uh, yeah. it's brutal. It's yeah, a brutal, it's brutal play. A really well, violent he was a brutal one. emperor, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he was real, or maybe I think he. Shakespeare took no. He was from. based on like Caesar or one of the Roman one of the Roman emperors. ones. Yeah, I don't that, that's that. definitely true. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Well, I'm you know, so oh, terrifying. Oh. You should watch it. Yeah. It's so good. I think it's I'm good. so compelling. Yeah. It's awfully violent, but yeah. it's so well done. Well, we're not about violence with our next guest, so oh. no. We're let's not. move to happier Shakespearean times. But you know, I I think I want to just say before we move on to Glenn how much the thing that I think that is the coolest about Shakespeare is that so much fiction is actually touched upon or there's a little piece of mm-hmm. uh, the tragedy the you know the, the complexes or you know the Hamlet or it's not that they're retold precisely but there's always an influence or supposedly oh, yeah. what is the saying that there's you know only there's two only kinds seven of plots spots or whatever exactly yeah. in exactly. Shakespeare had them all right. right. He, yeah, he's he's just he's tapping into like the core elements of the human condition and mm-hmm. storytelling. Yeah, yeah, and it just I think it reaches into your lizard brain. And he like, invented so many turns of phrase that we use and yes. don't really think about where they come from, which I right. think is really interesting. And I fun. love that too. Uh, Do we I, think he was really? You, you don't think he was plagiarized, or like, I think it he wasn't, really wrote them. I, was I don't. Say, you don't think it was Marlowe? No, I don't do the conspiracy them. theory. No. I don't either. I just wanted to double check because there are people who are. Oh urban. yeah, and I'm sure oh, yeah. those people can back up their opinion. Yeah, but I have no clue if he was the Earl of Oxford or he was I some to guy believe. or not. Yeah. Oh, I think he was a nobody. That makes me so happy to think so. <laughs> <laughs> team team the, original Shakespeare. Yeah, team original Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm 
that note, let's no, go see Glenn. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be back and we will talk to Glenn Dixon about Juliet's answer. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. Okay, welcome back to the XOXO After Dark cast. I'm very excited to introduce our guest today. He is author Glenn Dixon, and he wrote an amazing memoir that reads like a novel, and it's just perfect for XOXO. It is called Juliet's Answer, and it is the story of Glenn's uh, time in Verona, Italy, where he actually served as one of the real-life secretaries of Juliet. People go to uh, go visit the place of uh, Romeo and Juliet and uh, like Glenn tell it Abby I will you're right I know I'm trying to set it up and I've gone off the rails already Um, so Glenn welcome thank you and please bail me out and uh, tell us a little bit about the story and um, how the real world interacts with that well um, I had been a high school English teacher for 20 years or so and uh, you know taught Romeo and Juliet numerous times, and in the back of our school textbook, there was a little essay on the real letters to Juliet. Um, So they now get about 10,000 letters a year from all over the world in many different languages. Wow. You can literally write on an envelope to Juliet, care of Verona, you don't have to put a postal code or anything, and it will eventually wind up in in this little office (laughs) off a cobblestone lane in, in Verona, Italy where uh, there's really this remarkable group of Italian women that answer every single letter. How did that come about, do you know, Glenn? I I don't think anybody knows. We know that uh, at least as far back as the 1930s, there were letters appearing, and at at that point, they didn't know what to do with them, so they they took them to a place called Juliet's Tomb, and it uh, it was a caretaker there, a groundskeeper, who picked up the letters and thought that they needed to be answered. Mm. Was it really, I mean, obviously, I don't think there was a really a Juliet. Well, in fact, yes, tell us, Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm perfect for this story. (laughs) (laughs) This was one of my big discoveries because when I went to Rona, and I've I've gone there a couple of times, but... um, the people of Verona believe that it was a true story that happened in their city in the year 1302. Wow. And at first I thought, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> um, but, you know, as they took me around to various sites and showed me little pieces of evidence, uh, I began to think, wow, maybe maybe this did really happen. And, you know, I- I'll just give you one. There's quite a, quite a bit in the book, but one piece of evidence is that uh, the Italian poet Dante wrote about it, and he was in the city at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Well, what I mean by right, right wrote about it is he put the names Montague and Capulet, though really they were uh, Montecchi and Capello, is the real families. Mm-hmm. They that, were real families. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, what were the real family names? Yeah. And don't tell me it was Capulet and Montague. It, no, but it was pretty close. <clears throat> it was pretty close. Montecchi and Capello. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, and the, the real house still exists, the Capello house, and there's a little insignia, insignia of the Capello family because they were uh, hat makers. They made oh. caps. That's where the name came from. I love yeah. it. 
It's great. And you, and you have all sorts of, you took great pictures. And so there's pictures and uh, we have some video that we'll make sure we post when we post this episode so that um, yeah, fans can see and kind of follow along with you. Um, and it's so it's so romantic. And then people started uh, just kind of sticking notes on the walls of the courtyard and stuff too later on in the, was it 70s, 80s, something like that, Flynn? Before, um, when did they build the post box? I would say that would have been the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And what are they if saying to Juliet is what I want to know. Ah, well, there's the rub. Um, <laughs> I would say, in fact, that the vast majority are probably from teenage girls. Ah. So, you know, a typical Due to high school teachers one. like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a typical letter might be something like, Dear Juliet, um, please send me my Romeo. Send him to San Antonio, Texas. You get a lot of letters like that. Oh. But I have to say that every, oh, I don't know, one out of every ten letters is really something from the heart and something devastating and, and heartbreaking. And when that happened the secretaries would kind of gather together and one would read the letter and then they would all talk about what's the best way to answer that particular one. I love that story oh, so I was much. just going to say, it's like the Italian version of Dear Abby. It is, it's so great. <laughs> so, Glenn, how did you get from, oh, what an interesting note in the back of my copy of Romeo and Juliet to, I think I'll actually start writing these letters. Uh, well, or writing the these answers. The idea would be was that it was going to be a single chapter in a book mm-hmm. about uh, it was going to be about you know various aspects of love around the world mm. you know, marriage rituals in Kenya or or whatever it happened to be but um, it was my literary agent actually who when I I went there and wrote this sample chapter mm-hmm. and she saw it and said I think this is a whole book mm-hmm. and I said no this is one chapter in a book and she says no 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 I, I think there's a whole book in this. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is wonderful. And then Glenn had to surmount uh, not only the challenge of, oh my gosh, I have to rethink and write, uh, revision my whole book, but he had to face the greatest challenge for any man, which is, I have to talk about my feelings. <laughs> because <laughs> one of the other things that I love so much about the story is it is not just the sort of charming story of this thing that you did, but you managed to beautifully intertwine it with what was kind of going on in your own life at the time. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that half of it? Sure. So, uh, you know, initially I had no intention about writing <laughs> writing any of this. Um but yeah, I think it was when my when my agent said, "I think there's a whole book here." I realized, oh boy, I, I think maybe I have to write about this because on that first visit to Verona, I wrote my own letter to Juliet. Oh, um, I love you, I just Glenn. Signed, I just signed it, Glenn. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I don't know which of the secretaries answered it because I did get an answer. I nobody ever said, "Hey, I saw your letter." Mm-hmm. Um, but I wrote my own letter, never intending to write about this. And that became a big, big part of the story. Oh, yes. Yes. I can't wait to read this. I must confess I have not. Uh, this is Lauren Glenn. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been hearing about this for many, many moons because uh, a, a friend of mine, Alana, uh, a colleague as well, has worked on your book. So I've been hearing about this between Alana and Abby for a long time. Yes. <laughs> so I'm dying to do it. But I want to go back to Shakespeare because we've been talking a lot about Shakespeare today. Um sure. Why Why Verona? Why Romeo and Juliet out of all the Shakespeare? And was it just the story and it intrigued you? Um, well, you know, it's one 
uh, it's a fairly early work by Shakespeare. Um, and, you know, we teach it here in Canada in, in grade 10. So those students are 15 or 60, more or less the, the age of Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Um, I still think it's a great story. But one little uh, sidebar I can put on this is what also went into the book is I took a trip to the British Library in London, England. Mm-hmm. And I'd spent a couple months trying to arrange this. I had to become a fellow of the library. I had to fill out all these forms and papers. And eventually they allowed me to come and see the second quarto of Romeo and Juliet. So this is this little little booklet. <laughs> it's only the one single play. Uh, it was printed in 1599, which is Shakespeare's lifetime, probably only three or four years after he wrote the play. Mm. And they took me down into the vaults and they took out this this little quarto in a special box and I was allowed to go through it and wow. this That's is so this cool. is the copy from which all our copies now derive it was like wow. word for word perfect wow. and it was right there in front of me with the balcony scene and the prologue two households both alike in dignity in fair Verona where we lay our scene the whole thing was there it was <laughs> magical it. Uh, it, it, it must have uh, felt so much more alive to you so, I mean it's I don't know. I just feel that my grad student nerd heart just went pitter pat. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's a direct line from us to them. Uh, but you mentioned you teach it to grade 10 and they are the same age. Um, and yet another wonderful facet of this book is that it's also interspersed with how Glenn was teaching the book to his class. And there are these kids that come up as great characters. I mean, they're, they're real, but um, uh, in the book, what is it that speaks why does this play speak so well to kids of that age? I mean, not just that they're contemporaries, but what is it about that story that is resonating with them so effectively, you think? Well, you know, I, I, there's actually a lot of levels to this play, probably like any Shakespeare play. So they're immediately attracted to the aspects of love, even the boys, though they don't <laughs> admit it. But I know they are, you know, they're secretly <laughs> listening in. Um, but there's many other levels. There's, there's the lines like, um, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. <laughs> and then we stop there and we can talk about, you know, their minds are just at that point where they're starting to think philosophically and you know, meta-thinking where they can think about thinking. And so we talk about lines like that, where it's, uh, you know, what you call a thing is not exactly the same as what a thing is. True. And they're fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say the passion of it all. Like, you know... You feel things so deeply yes, at that age. Yeah. And, and, and even the boys with Romeo and, you know, again, their speeches are so, we must do this, we must, and, and then they killed each other, or themselves rather, and each other. And I just feel like the passion is that of a youth where you'd be much more cautious when you're older. Yes, I think I so know. too. So it, it's not just the love. It's it, sure, it's, it's the hatred and the, the fighting and the brawling. I would often have... Um, students, boys and girls, come up to the front and I'd hand them a yardstick and we'd have a little sword Thanks. fight if that was the part in the play that we were doing. There's not enough sword fighting in my personal education, I think. There should have been more. <laughs> I would agree. I wish my teacher gave me a yardstick. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're all like, hmm, note to self, XOXO, uh, rape your battles in the hallway I was hallway just going to say this. fencing, <laughs> yes, 101. We're ready. Um, so, Glenn, when you uh, went over and started actually answering these letters to Juliet. What was the hardest part about it for you? How did you get into the headspace to be able to do that? 
Well, um, the head secretary there is Giovanna Tomasia, and she took over from her father 20 or 30 years ago, so it's a long-standing thing. And when I first got there, she was really kind of my mentor. And, you know, at first I answered like a typical male that, you know, I tried to solve the problems, and she said, no, 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 that's not really what we're here for. (laughs) Um, We're here to be, you know, an empathetic, compassionate year. They, all the secretaries often talked about that the answers were not maybe as important as the act of this person writing a letter in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Did that change the way that you um, thought about relationships, just in the act of answering these questions? Yeah, I think so. There, You know, scattered throughout the book, there are... <laughs> There's, you know, little pieces of wisdom, certainly not from me, but from from the secretaries who have been answering these letters for, you know, sometimes decades. And uh, I remember, for example, one of the secretaries, Anna, said that every time you answer a letter, you're answering yourself. (laughs) And, you know, I had to decode that a little bit Mm -hmm. because to me it kind of meant that idea about how would you answer your younger self if your younger self was writing this letter. Oh, I love um, this. But maybe the mm-hmm. best one I heard was from a very young secretary. Actually, she was a, an exchange student from the Czech Republic, Sonia. Mm-hmm. And she said, because I asked them all this question, I thought, what have you learned from answering these letters? And she was the one that said, you have to, lear- you have to love yourself first, mm-hmm. and then others can follow your example. <laughs> I thought, that is absolutely brilliant. It really is. Already wiser than me, that's, that's for sure. That's what RuPaul says. Yeah, and me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the words of Sonia and the wise RuPaul, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's important to love yourself first. Um, you know, I have to just ask, no, these women don't get paid, do they? This is all no, just don't. done for years and years and it's a rite of passage and... Or not a rite of passage, it's just what you do. How do you, do, how do you get I- invited to do this? Yeah, if you want to volunteer to be a secretary. I want to go, no, um, I want to go volunteer to be Juliet's answer. That's the secretary. Right, they're called the secretaries oh. of Juliet. Oh, same thing. The secretaries of Juliet. <laughs> yeah, you, they do have a webpage, and you can email them and um, wow. ask if you can come. I, <laughs> that's what I did. How long were you there for? Oh, well, I, like I said, I've been there two or three times. So the first trip was maybe about two weeks. Okay. And as I said, that was just to write a short 5,000-word piece on, mm-hmm. on this phenomena of, of the letters to Juliet. Um, the second time I was there, I was there for longer, and it was quite a bit more involved. Yeah. Got it. Um, I think we are going to uh, turn to our true confessions questions. Sure. Um, and uh, uh, I want to, I'll just tell everybody that we'll make sure that we put up like the link to the Juliet Secretary's place as well. So if any of our listeners yeah. out there are wanna interested. Write. I might write. Maybe I we know. should all write. Well, I was just like, doesn't it make you want to move to Verona for right. the summer and, and be <laughs> Juliet's secretary? Yeah, I do. And um, so we'll put that up so that our fans can check it out and uh, volunteer. And if there's a sudden <laughs> deluge of uh, American tourists wanting to come to Verona and help write letters, uh, you can uh, tell them it is thanks to or we are blamed for that result. (laughs) Okay, Glenn, so 
next up, these are going to be quick and dirty, very easy questions uh, okay. that uh, we like to ask all of our guests. And then sometimes we have fun compiling them all at the end of a season and seeing who's saying what. So okay. just right off the top of your head. First of all, do you prefer sweet or salty? Sweet. Uh, mountains or beach? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going <laughs> to say beach. Yeah, beach girl correct too. answer. Uh, now, this next question, it occurs to me, doesn't maybe necessarily apply. It's heels or flats. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really apply. Doesn't flats for me. Yeah. Sensible shoes all around, I think, for that. Oh, I know. Boxers or briefs. Oh, there we go. Oh, okay. Well, there's a personal confession. <laughs> you have uh, to. Briefs. All right. Uh, all right. Here we go. <laughs> um, what is your favorite road trip food? Oh, road trip food. Um, I'm going to say potato chips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Easy enough. And yet you are a fan of sweet versus salty, but potato chips on the road, huh? <laughs> hmm, Glenn has hidden depths. Rules don't apply on the road. That's very true. Yeah, that's You're right. right. What happens in the car stays in the car. <laughs> um, if you could ban one word from the English language, what would that word be? Oh, I think I'd ban the word like. <laughs> As in like, you know, how a yep. teenager like speaks. Yes. Yeah. And now I'm worried about how many times I've used it in this interview. I'm like, oh, see? Exactly. I can't do it. Oh, no, oh, I've no. been paralyzed. I'm under myself. Uh, <laughs> if you could pay someone to do one task for you for the rest of your life, what would that task be? Oh, clean the dishes, without a doubt. <laughs> I love how it fits. So quick. Definitive. Yes. yes. No hesitation whatsoever. It's excellent. Um Am I forgetting one before the movie? Um, one turn on and one turn of off. Course, of course. How could I forget? One turn on and one turn off. Oh, one turn on. Um, and uh, even though we asked about your underwear, it could be more personality broad. than yes. physical. Oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> a turn on is intelligence. Yes. Absolutely. That's my pick, too. <laughs> that in a square jaw. Exactly. And how about a turn? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> how about a turn off? A turn off? Um, yeah. Might be somebody who has never traveled outside of where they live. Mm. I like that. That's a good choice. A good I want someone well traveled. And you're a real traveler because yeah, you've exactly. done a lot of travel writing and you've been all over the world. Uh, uh, not just to Verona, though that sounds like a good place to start. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful city. Oh, it's amazing. Well, we have to end with, of course, something romancy, which is, what is your favorite romantic movie? Oh, The Princess Bride. Aww. Oh, I love you, Glenn. That's a good choice. <laughs> Even as I said it, I was like, well, isn't he going to choose Romeo and Juliet? No. <laughs> which version? Well, that's a good question. That's a supplementary question just for Glenn. Which Romeo and Juliet version uh, do you recommend people watch? You know, I'll tell you an interesting thing. So oftentimes in my classroom, I would show bits and pieces of, there's two famous ones. Mm-hmm. Of course. Ali from 1968 mm-hmm. and the Baz Luhrmann from, I yeah. don't know the date, 1990. Or Claire, like Claire Danes era. Claire Danes and Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. I would sl- show bits and pieces, and you would think the students would like the, the DiCaprio. Baz Luhrmann one with all its flashing lights and guns and things, but they actually prefer the Zeffirelli. Yes, and I do too. I, I think I do too because it's just more traditional and it's filmed in, I think it was actually filmed in Siena, mm. which is another beautiful city. Oh, I but, love Siena. Um, 
yeah, there's something about the authenticity of that that you you can't mess with. Well, you know, also, I think uh, Juliet looks more like Juliet in my mind's eye in the Zeffirelli versus Claire. And it's not that Claire Danes didn't do a good job, even though I didn't like her. Right. Uh, I, I think that the other one looks <laughs> she really feels like more, Juliet. She does. And to me, she feels more like a young a kind of sheltered girl. teenage girl. It doesn't have the polish of experienced movie stars mm-hmm. in a way. Like yeah. there's just something more genuine and unfiltered about uh, that was um, Olivia, Olivia Hussey? Hussey, and my understanding is that she was about sixteen. She mm-hmm. was, and yeah. She had no acting experience. No, they just chose her because she they wanted that gorgeous of innocence. Yeah, yeah. Well, nice, nice way, nice breakout role, Olivia. Good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, Glenn, we're so glad that you took some time to talk with us today. Uh, Juliet's Answers is out on, oh, help me, it is... February 7th. February 7th, thank you. Thank you. I, I was, was like say 2.14, I was about to right choke, day. I'm like, it's not Valentine's Day, but it's just in time for Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. February 7th. So uh, snap that up. It's a gorgeous cover and a gorgeous story. And like I said, even though it reads like a novel, every word is true. So mm-hmm. pick it up today. We'll have all sorts of great links along with this when we post it. So, Glenn, thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, thank you. It was fun. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. All right, we are back, and could Glenn be any more adorable? He He's could not. He's so charming. He is the best, and I now am like, I wish you had been my teacher. I know. Right? I kind of wish I could do high school again. I know. I think I would do it better now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I wish I had a better more. teacher for, uh, absolutely, for my Shakespeare. Oh, mine I was some good, good, I think. I had some good ones, but none of them invited us to sword fight at the front of the class. <laughs> no. And it's really charming, actually. I mean, he does, he brings these... Uh, classroom scenes to life too it's not preachy or lectury mm-hmm. um, well, you know how many classes answered or wrote to Juliet about a million I would have loved to have done that right. yeah for sure My, yeah and and I just am amazed at the people who it wasn't it. a class they just were like you know Dear she Juliet. speaks to me and I'm just going to send it and throw it into the mail and see mm-hmm. what happens and then it lands there and and the how much respect they treat those queries mm-hmm. with is does he talk about Lovely. that dumb movie with Am- uh, Amanda Seyfried? No, he 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 mentions that it's a thing, but doesn't. I had really to turn that movie it. off. It was so dumb. Well, indeed, and when I acquired what this movie, book, was that? It, was it was called a, Letters to Juliet. Basically, the same plot, <laughs> right? And and I had to really battle a bit when we acquired this because I don't know that the movie. book didn't do well. And no, the, mo- the, the movie, movie didn't do. Oh, well. was that based on a book? It's based on a book. Oh, well, the oh. movie sucked. <laughs> wow. Let me be clear. Do not watch that you movie. Know, I, not Kate's favorite romantic <laughs> first movie. First off, because he was so Glenn was so charming, and the book sounds so mm-hmm. charming, I'm completely turned. But I have to say, and I, the women writing the letters back to all these sad little people, I, I don't get why you write to Juliet. She like killed herself because of a mistake. Well, I like. I just don't get it. Like I wouldn't write to her. Well, There'd be my, other people I'd write to. My high school teacher, when they taught us Romeo and Juliet, she had a very smart line. She said, "This book is not. This play is not about love. It's about communication." Yeah. And so I think there is something to be said for seeking communi- seeking connection and communication mm, with a letter. I like that. And all right. And I don't think girls it's any especially different. are very stupid, hyperbolic. It's yeah. like, why do you pray? 
Right. Honestly, <laughs> At least somebody answers you back when they might be right to Julia. Like, I don't see that it's any different, really. Um, <laughs> so it's, but it's you know, it's it's. I think it's a form of prayer, in a way. Yeah. So it's cathartic. Certainly a form yeah. of seeking. Yeah. And on that note, anyway, uh, Diana has helped us whip up whipped up a little game uh, because, as Kate mentioned, Shakespeare created all sorts of great um, turns of phrase. And uh, we asked her to go through and find us some quotable quotes. Uh, and we will see if we can and then we identify where, where they're, they're from. Okay, perfect. So um, how should we best do? Is it shout out who's just shouted out if you Whoever get it? Whoever gets it first. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Here, babe. Oh, he sh- Diane is yeah. making friends with Pat. No. Or okay. not. Um, well, one of the turns of phrase Don't cheat, that I think... We didn't realize was Shakespeare is all that glisters is not gold. Gold. Where is that from? What book or what play? Um, I thought it was from Tolkien. Is it The Tempest? (laughs) No, that's not All Who Wander or Lost. No, it's all that glitters is gold. Is it Hamlet? No. Uh, Twelfth Night. All wrong. Uh, what is it? The Merchant of Venice. Boom. That place sucks. That's duh. We had to read that one too. I didn't read that one. Um, I tried to choose some other lovey-dovey ones. Oh, no. Love, love looks not with the eyes, but with the mind, and therefore is winged, Cupid painted blind. Romeo and Juliet. Uh, much no. ado about nothing? Midsummer Night's Dream. Ah. <laughs> Act one, scene one. I love it. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. That's as far as you got. I know, right? I'll do two more really quickly. This one I think you'll all get. Um, what's in a name? A rose by any Romeo. name? Romeo and Juliet. And the lady doth protest too much, methinks. Because I feel like Oliver. I know this. Um, oh, it's, it's it's Hamlet. Right about uh, that's Gertrude. Two and zero. But yeah, you won. Okay. All right. Oh, that's it. Well, I have more, but. Oh. Well, that's good. We're keeping it short, right? <laughs> um, I believe I believe that Shakespeare. If may- I had done better, I would push to go forward. Right. But exactly. I was going to say, yeah. you've been beaten. I, it's I good. accept that. <laughs> did Shakespeare also tell us that brevity is the soul of wit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, it, he did. Yay! Okay, I'm claiming right, a point, and we're getting one. the heck out of here. Um, all right, we thank you all for listening, and as always, remember to check out XOX after dark. I think I put too many X's in. XOXO. We love it that much. Make sure to pick up. Juliet's Answers coming on uh, February 7th and as always remember that the best conversations happen after dark. dark.